Have you got snow in Portland, Josh Cleland? Yes. Yeah, we finally got some yesterday. I'm getting slick with these intros. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah. If we, anyone would think that, that we'd been nominated for Podcast of the Year or something with my slick radio tones. <laughs> of course. Is it snowing heavy? It snowed a lot last night and, uh, or yesterday afternoon. And we're supposed to get more this afternoon. Um, but this is the first snow we've had all, all winter. It's been pretty mild and, and dry. If you can hear me chewing, it's because <laughs> I can I'm... hear you. I can hear you doing this. I can hear you. Mm, yeah. I've got a suitcase home. She went to, she went to the shops and came back with licorice, which is yeah. the like kiss of death for <laughs> sensible conversation because, you know, licorice. No, we haven't got any snow here, fortunately. Do you usually get snow? Uh, yeah. I mean, just different times of the year. It's really unpredictable. I think about this time last year, we had some really, really heavy snow. Yeah. I can remember, I can remember taking a, oh, just a stupid trip to go and pick up Alex one weekend. Um, just like the crazy thing where all of the, the people on the TV, on the weather channel and stuff was saying, don't leave the house. Don't go <laughs> driving. You know, don't go out of the house unless it's an absolute emergency. So, you know, we just decided to drive for 300 miles. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, we've got a four-wheel drive, but it's it's not like a you know a big, powerful. It's not a Range Rover or a, a Jeep or anything like that. It's like a you know, it's like a hairstylist four by four. Of course. Well, the problem also is you know, if there's ice, those things they're not going to help at all. No, no. I mean, yeah. it's, it doesn't have what do they call it? Differential gearing, or I don't know, if I was macho, I'd know what all that stuff meant. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, we just got rain, just like endless, not even purple rain. It's like <laughs> endless rain. I got up yesterday morning and it was raining and I went to bed at 2 a.m. because I was sitting up writing and it was still bloody raining. Like all day? All day. It never stopped. <laughs> I mean, I'm just getting to the point now where I, I don't believe ads on TV where the sun shines. It's, like, it's not <laughs> real life. Yeah. There's no rain there. Hmm. It's like yeah, we're living you know, in one of those post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian future movies where it just rains the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It sometimes gets that way here, but it hasn't been like that all winter, which is really weird. I mean, the ski slopes, you know, there's there's a few ski resorts, I think, that aren't even open yet. I mean, maybe they're open now, but, um, I mean, they were late. I mean, it was... You know, with all the snow that the East Coast has been getting and, you know, we've been getting like nothing. It's kind of weird. So this is kind of nice snow we got. I'm hoping that the East Coast is going to get a little, um, a little brighter and a little less <laughs> I cold. You, you hope that Atlanta is, is back up and operational. Yeah, because I mean, it was snowing the last time and we're like digging people out. Yeah. I saw on the news. I think all I got like what two or three inches or something. I think it looked like more than that. It looked like serious snow, not like the kind of uh, you know the hairdresser snow that we get over here. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of, oh man, this licorice is so good. I need to stop eating it. I'm going to put the licorice down. <laughs> put it down. Otherwise, otherwise this podcast is going to be nothing but me chomping. Mm. I need to go get something to eat too. Then we could both be munching. <laughs> uh, dear. Go get an apple. That'll be that. No, I've got coffee. 
So, yeah. or tea. What is this? Tea. Oh, speaking of tea, iced tea. Did you know, you know, iced tea, rapper, actor, guy? Yes. Yeah. He's on Law and Order SVU. I, t- I always get confused. Why is it not Law and Order SUV? Special Victims Unit? Is that what it special, stands It for? is. Special yeah. Victims Unit. But yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, Special oh, Unit Victims isn't really... No, Sports Utility Vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it should be. Um, Ice-T's got a podcast. Yeah, I've which... never really followed Ice-T. I... Neither have I. But I saw something on the internet the other day that was linking to it. Um, and he's got this new podcast. It's called The Final Level. And there's been three episodes so far. And, uh, and it's brilliant. I can hear you typing it in now. Yes, you get I'm, it? I'm Googling. The Final Level. You don't need to get it. It's icetfinallevel.com. And there's been three episodes. T final. I mean, it's politically incorrect, maybe, but as you might imagine. (laughs) But it's so good. I love it. It's my new favorite podcast. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't talk about apes or... No, well... Apes or shit. He should. But it's worth a listen. Definitely worth a listen. I'm making liquid again. This is like this did not last long. <laughs> My resolve crumbled, and I just either, picked up the licorice. You should either put it down or shove it all in your mouth and get you know it. What, I'm going to put it in now. I'm going it won't say something while I just chew this. <laughs> chew <laughs> say <like> something. <laughs> I'll read Ice T's tweets. How about that? Mm. No, I don't think I'll do that. I'm not much of a podcast listener, really. <laughs> this is going to take me a while to finish this mouthful. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here. You're in safe hands now because the the licorice is now the other side of the room. Okay, so good. there'll be no more munching for the rest of the rest yeah. of the podcast. So I thought I would give you an update actually on um, whether the apes are affecting business inquiries. Sure, because we, we talked about this the last time you were I on. I know and- you, you were talking about it. Was it last week? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Oh, yeah. man, I've got a brain like a sieve. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't want you to feel bad. I didn't want you to think <laughs> in case somehow they weren't working. But um, turns out people really like them. Well, that's good. I'm pleased. And, yeah, no, we had an update upturn in uh, in the inquiries over the last couple so of weeks. So you think it was Christmas then? Just the must have been really. Well, um, like who's? I mean, people are. Yeah. People are kind of like not working or they shouldn't be working over Christmas. So, well, of course, I, I've gotten inquiries on Christmas Day before, which is weird. I've worked on Christmas Day before, <laughs> which is a really bad thing to admit, but I wouldn't do it now. Yeah. But no, we've, we've had a quite a lot of up. We've got, a, we won a couple of new accounts, which is really good. That's good. You know, since the apes went up. And, um, what we've done is we've asked everybody that, phones because yeah, we still get a lot of people that just literally phone up i had like three or four inquiries today just on the phone amazingly really well it's what drives me nuts about people that don't have phone numbers on their websites yeah so you want to get hold of somebody it's just quicker and easier isn't it just to like pick up the phone yeah i suppose it is i mean i have phone number on my website i just have a google voice number mm, we get a lot of people phoning yeah. um, and we've been saying to them you, oh, you weren't put off by the crazy apes were you 
<laughs> and people go, no, I really like them. It made you look different. I thought well, good. mission accomplished in that case. Yeah. Some guy emailed me, um, wanting something like that, but with manatees. So hopefully we'll be working on something with manatees in the future. What are manatees? Are they the things in Florida? I think so. Yeah. They're oh, sea cows or they called? sea cows. Yeah. So I told him I was only doing work with manatees. So he's in luck. So I'm taking on new projects that are manatee based. <laughs> so, yeah. He's like, that's great. Reminds me of John Hicks, though, not ever wanting to do burning animals ever again. Yeah, after I'm never the doing Fox apes logo. ever again. No, I'm kidding. That's it. I would do well, apes. You know, we need to start thinking about the next one because I was working it out that I think it's going to be the end of April. It would have been nice to do it on April 1st. You, um, we did that in the past, didn't we do it in the last we, one? No, we did, but we, we knocked ourselves out of sync because the apes went live a month late. Okay. It wasn't your fault. It was basically, you know, it's my fault because, right. you know, we didn't have time to do all the other stuff. And it wasn't just changing the header, you know, it was like a whole redesign. Yeah. So that got pushed. That should have been um, October 1st. And it got pushed to kind of what, mid-November. Yeah, it was like late November, wasn't it? It was like around Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Or right before Thanksgiving? Yeah, maybe so around my birthday time, something like that. Oh, I remember the exact date. It was November 22nd. I remember that. Okay. Right. Cause two, yeah. Two days after my birthday, listeners, if you want to buy the licorice. <laughs> Happy late birthday. So yeah, we were late doing that. So ordinarily it would have been the first of April because we did the madness ones. We did the nutty boys and that went out on the first of April last year. Yeah. But yeah, if we do familiar. April 1st again, then that means that the apes are only going to be up for, you know, five months. Well, the problem is if April 1st, we'd have to be working on it like right now. <laughs> well, I know. And that's the other thing, isn't it? Because it yeah. takes us, what, two or three months really to do the whole thing. Yeah, conceptualize and then for you for testing and, you know, trying out different things. Yeah. It's not a quick process. No. It's fun, though. I enjoy it. I haven't got much of an idea for the next one yet, though. I mean, there's nothing well, we said maybe burning away. I was kind of looking forward to armadillos. You're only <laughs> doing manatees, and you're doing that for somebody else. <laughs> well, that, that's a maybe. But uh, armadillos would be fun. What would the relevance of armadillos be? I don't know. I mean, I know I'm old and crusty. But... <laughs> what are the relevance of apes? Well, <laughs> I don't think you need to ask me about that. Um, yeah. you, one of the things I was thinking that we need to do before we make the next header, though, is, or when we're making the next header, is I want some way of, um, I want a header switching system that makes it easy just to flick between one and the others. So huh. at, at the moment, when I do a new header, I basically have to just take everything apart, put it back together again. There's yeah. no way of easily switching between the two. Um, so that's what I need to think about huh. designing something or maybe even like a user switching, like somebody. Wow. Maybe. Or maybe something for you. Well, maybe, a, maybe a, a user um, style sheet switcher. I was thinking about this. I wrote an article um, about style sheet switches for a list apart and it was 
it, oh Jesus, it was almost 10 years ago that I wrote this article. Is that where, like, if, like, oh, I want maybe a red header or I want my text to be green as I read the, t- is that what you're referring to? Yeah, basically. And this is, this is, well, I tweeted about it this week and people got confused. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Cause the people aren't old enough to remember the, the, you know, the dawn of the web, but we used to, do things like style sheet switches, which were, I don't know, you'd do it with radio buttons or you'd do it with a select menu and you'd give the user the choice of a different theme and you, they would pull something down a drop down um, and it would swap out a style sheet. Yeah, I think I or, remember that, yeah. Yeah, or in the part of mine, it would add a, it might, wouldn't swap an entire style sheet out on, on my style sheet switcher. It would um, just put a class on the body element and, and flip it out that way. Right. And mine was, Mine, I wrote it with uh, James Edwards, who was uh, somebody that we were working with at the time. And it was good because it, it wasn't just the screen styles. It was print styles and projection styles and stuff like that. And it was really, it was quite good. But was it a way of like, let's say I want to make the text bigger to, for readability? Yeah, say, exactly. You, you can do that. and Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I suppose a lot of the features of style sheets which is you know they ended up going into the browser you know text zooming and right. you know all that kind of other stuff but you could just do so much with it and i don't understand i don't know what happened for style sheet switches to you know disappear because you don't apart from on jeremy keith's website and he hasn't changed this website for like 10 years that's about the only style sheet switcher i've i've come across recently so <laughs> it might be quite fun to make something where the user can just, you know, go back almost a, a little bit like maybe not on the every page, but maybe on, um, you know how the Google Doodle does it where, you know, you can go to a page and see all of the previous Google Doodles. I was just going to say that maybe like an archive type thing. Exactly. But you could yeah. probably make the archive into an interface where if they wanted to, they could go, Oh, well, let's have the scooters back. Yeah. But it's funny, you know, I look back on, on that early one particularly. Oh, we've come a long way, actually, since then. It looks a bit, it looks good, but it looks a bit old now. <laughs> I can't imagine putting it back. I think if we were going to do something similar, we'd have to redraw the whole thing. Well, one thing is we really worked on the apes making them um, small, you know, making them optimized. And we didn't do any of that, I remember, for the mods. No. Or the Nutty Boys. I mean, (laughs) gradients everywhere and a bunch of textures and noises and things like that. Well, hopefully we're going to, you know, we're going to learn and get faster with all of them. And I'm still determined that we'll use some SVG um, at some point soon. Yeah. Um, So maybe we'll have to, if we're going to go down that road, that might influence, you know, the subject matter might influence what we do. Oh, definitely. Especially for like smaller elements. Yeah, no, I want to, I want to do something. I'm not going to rush into the next one. Um, you know, like I say, I haven't got an idea yet, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to do something for the sake of it. You know, when, when, when it's, when we change it, I want people again to go, ah, oh, man, that's nuts. Should we do a sponsor? Let's do a sponsor. Let me tell you about our first sponsor this week. It's gather content. Gather content helps people who build websites work with their clients to plan, organize and collaborate on web content. So I bet everybody who's ever made a website for a client or for their company, they'll know what I mean when I say that planning, gathering, organizing, and 
well, collaborating on content is one of the trickiest parts of any project. People email you content in Word or Excel, sometimes even in PowerPoint. And you can't blame them for that because, well, those are the applications that normal people use every day. But then we have to trawl through what's often multiple documents and, and cut and paste what's useful out of them. And then we have to keep track of everything. People send you the same file twice just in case. And you've got to store them. Your Dropbox just ends up overflowing with client content. Then you've got to find a way to collaborate over changes. So I often edit clients' copy for them because, you know, it's mostly terrible. But mostly it's because I'm really picky about the content that goes into what I design. So then I have to tell them what I've changed. And all of this can take longer than designing the website. So working with content can be a nightmare, but that's where Gather Content comes in. It's a web application that helps you keep all your content in one place. You can collaborate with clients on changes and get approval when you need it. And Gather Content's reminders and due dates help you with that. Gather Content breaks content down to help you guide your client and copywriters through what's needed. And when you're done, just export that approved content directly into your CMS using one of their plugins or the API. Best of all, there's a 30-day free trial of Gather Content available. And when it's over, if you use the unfinished offer code when you enter in your credit card details, you'll get 20% off your subscription forever. That's an amazing deal. So go to unfinished.bz slash gather content and get other content. That's actually a pretty good deal. 20% off the subscription forever. That's good. Mm, I love it when people do that. So yeah, I don't know whether like a year. Mm, I don't know whether I fluff the code, but yeah, when you put in your credit card details after the trial's over, just use the the offer code unfinished and uh, then you get your 20%. Excellent. Should we talk about piracy for a minute? Sure. Let's have some updates on our respective pirates. I suppose the first one, which we dealt with, I thought quite, admirably um was this the one like a while ago no no that one's still going and i haven't ever mentioned who that one is the one that nicked the scooter yes no that's still up there on the same url and occasionally i'll throw him an email but the guy's an idiot (laughs) so i mean he just doesn't respond so i mean short short of actually going round his house um with an english bulldog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm reminded do you ever watch blackadder no what's that what which one do you never watch blackadder black hatter no adder adder no okay so you've heard of mr bean yes oh yeah right. all americans have that's that's what they think of english culture isn't it mr bean mr bean or dr and, who and faulty towers yeah <laughs> sure like Okay, well, there is a few anyway. <laughs> Blackadder is, um, it stars Rowan Atkinson, who is obviously Mr. Bean. And he plays the same character, but at different points through history. And it's just brilliant. And it's just one of the most hilarious programs ever on British TV. Look it up. Black Adder. There were, what was there, four series. The first one's a bit ropey, it's a bit of an acquired taste. And then. Two, three, and four um, were just genius. The fourth, the fourth one was uh, set in the First World War, 
Yeah. And it's about the only thing that is you can ever do that's funny about the First World War. Um, and it's funny and poignant and just brilliantly written. But they do this thing. There's one episode where they're trying to interrogate somebody. <laughs> their technique for interrogating somebody is to threaten them with a flowery bread roll <laughs> and an Alsatian. It's like sit them in a chair, put their todger <laughs> in a flowery bap, and then um, and then threaten to unleash the Alsatian. And that's that's that, that's their method of torture. People talk every time. <laughs> no. Anyway, you've got to look at Blackadder. It might even be available. Is it on iTunes? Let's have a look. I'm just looking at it on iTunes. So Blackadder. How many times? A-D-D-E-R. I'm doing it now. Right. Blackadder Goes Forth is available on iTunes US. And here we go. It's, oh, God. Yeah, you and your Netflix. So it's... <laughs> Why it's that like, one? Okay, so you could just buy an episode, but... You could buy the entire TV season for uh, $10.99 on iTunes. Black, is it? So it's all one word? Yes, Black Adder. Because, okay, because I'm searching it and it's it's coming up. Yeah, it's on, uh, it's on Netflix. Ah, okay, so now you, know what you, now you know what you're doing. Yeah, you want to start off with uh, probably the second one. Okay. Black Adder 2. Um, which, strangely enough, oh no, that's back in the first. So, do they have all of the other ones on iTunes or is it just that one? Uh, it's this, yeah, Bell's Head. Yeah, that's the first series. That's not great. Bell's Head. Oh, that's, this one's two. Oh, okay, two. Okay, no, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. So, two is great. Okay. Yeah, Bell's Head, Potato, Money, Beer, Chains. <laughs> it's genius. That one's got Queen Elizabeth in it. So, yeah, watch that one first. Okay. Um, the third one is even good. Now, you, did you ever see House? Yeah, I never got into House. But you know that you know that there is a TV show called House. Yes, I am. I, I just read this morning that uh, some doctor diagnosed this patient because of House. Okay, moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Blackadder Three, Blackadder the Third. Um, it has Hugh Laurie who plays House. Okay. As the Prince Regent, which is really, 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 really funny. He's in Blackadder 2 as well, which, but he's brilliant in Blackadder 3. And then you've got the, the First World War one. So this this could be your new thing. So this was before Mr. Bean, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, they've done it at just kind of different points, um, but they haven't done any for years. And all the, the latest stuff that they did, I mean, there's a couple of kind of specials. Yeah, I and saw the, A Christmas Carol. Yeah, it wasn't funny. Yeah. I didn't think it was funny. But anyway, yes. Yeah. So how did we get onto that? Oh, yeah, piracy. I, I wanted, I wanted no. to go around to the guy's house <laughs> with a flowery bread roll and an Alsatian. Yeah. Um, you but, still get complaints about the banter, about about uh, talking about this, all this movie stuff and TV show stuff. Nah, I don't care. Yeah, okay. I don't care. You don't get this on any other podcast. No. It's fun. <laughs> anyway, the pirate... The, pi- the pirate that we're talking about with the flowery baps, um, no, he's he's still out there. And short of taking the Alsatian round, I don't think there's much we can do about that. The Valentine's Day pirate was the one I was going to mention. Okay. That was interesting because you picked up on that one first. How did you hear about that? Somebody um, commented on my uh, blog about it. They that it happened to them, like an illustrator. And uh, so they, he pointed me, off, pointed me to it and... 
Yeah. Luckily, it was just this. Um, it wasn't somebody printing T-shirts or anything. It was just one off, a one off card. So, you know. But. Well, that was the redeeming thing, I think, because I had visions of somebody printing off hundreds and hundreds of cards. Yeah. Like Hallmark News. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't sure if, you know, maybe, you know, with eBay, you know, you sell one card and then maybe she had 20 others waiting to put on eBay once each one got sold. So still needed to address it. But yeah. So luckily it wasn't a huge thing. Well, it didn't come back off because I ordered it, um, and it, yeah, it and it it knocks it off the website and then and didn't come back. So, but I, I actually was going to email her back and say, like, can I just have the card? <laughs> <laughs> it's Valentine's Day, isn't it? Coming up. Yeah, I was a little irritated with myself. I was like, I should have actually bought it for you, <laughs> sent it on. Here's a card that somebody made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that that one had a sort of satisfactory resolution, apart from the fact they didn't get the card. Yeah, I mean they were responsive, which was good, and that's what the the person who um, tipped me off said. That they said they were very responsive. So apparently, this isn't the first time this person did this. But you know, they it, they, they obviously operate from a you know ask for forgiveness later type of you know instead of asking for permission. So. When you saw the email that. I sent the lady who, and did you see, did I forward you the one, the reply when she said that um, she didn't think it was wrong because she'd got the image off Google images and it was open to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that was her rationale was, well, you know, I can just get it. If it's open to the world, I can just get it from Google images, ignoring the fact that in the little black box, there's actually this image may be subject to copyright, but I just don't think normal people know what that means. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) The thing is, like I told you how that one guy who tipped me off, it had a, that happened to him. So you'd think she would be aware after that about copyrights and things like that, even with Google Images. But So it almost sounds like just an excuse. But I what? do think, yeah, the average person, maybe it just doesn't cross their mind. It's an easy get-out-of-jail-free card, really, isn't yeah, it? It's like, like, oh, it's on Google Images. It's like people that... I've seen, you know, friends have had website designs ripped off or, you know, and other stuff ripped off. And the excuse is always, oh, well, I'm really sorry, but an intern did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The other one that, uh, that I was dealing with, not, this wasn't with any of your work. This was, uh, some of our client work that we actually found. Again, I got a tip off from somebody on Twitter, um, telling me that some of our work was actually being used as wallpaper inside uh, an iOS wallpapers app. Yeah, I saw that. So that was interesting because I tried to get in touch with the developers on Twitter and didn't get anything. Uh, I sent, I, I downloaded the app. I didn't pay for it. I used the free one. Um, and there was an email address, a support email address in the app, which I emailed, which was actually a Gmail address and it, it bounced <laughs> not straight away. It took a couple of days and then it, it bounced back at me. So meanwhile, I got onto Apple and it was quite hard to find how to get in touch with Apple legal. Um, I Googled around for quite a bit and couldn't find, you know, couldn't find a contact email address. But ultimately, um, I found one and I sent information. I sent a link to the dribble where they'd taken the stuff from. I sent links to the portfolio page. 
Um, I sent screenshots that I taken from the app. Um, and they kind of, um, they took it over from there, which uh, to be honest, they didn't do as much as I, or, as much as I wanted them to do. And they didn't do it very quickly either. Yeah. I mean, they, they emailed, they must have taken some time to review the material and then they copied me in on an email to what turned out to be Chinese developers, I think. And that took about a week. And then it took well over a week to get anything back at all. In fact, I'd actually emailed Apple and said, hang on a minute, this is taking too long and all the time that you're taking, you know, the app's still up on the app store and, you know, people can still download our work. You know, you need to do something about this quicker. And then the next thing I got was a, an email, again, copying in Apple from the Chinese developer. It was in Chinese. <laughs> so the best I could do was actually a Google Translate. Yeah. Um, basically saying, you know, sorry for the delay because it had been Chinese New Year. Um, they'd bought all of their wallpapers from a design studio and they would be taking it up with them. <laughs> so I suppose that's a little bit of a, a spin on the intern, did huh. it? Excuse. But I didn't hear back from Apple after that. And it was only yesterday. Um, I was just sort of sitting there with five minutes and I flicked through because by this point, you know, my work is way, way down the list inside the app. You know, they're putting new stuff on there all right. the time. Can users upload stuff too? In no. App? No, it's, it's the kind of thing where I think you pay 99 cents and, you know, that unlocks all the app, all, all the wallpapers for you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I flicked down and down and down the list. And I remember that there, I remember whereabouts, you know, what the other artwork around ours looked like. Um, and it's gone. So they've obviously just pulled that one piece of artwork. Um, so that's gone, but uh, what a palaver, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's with the wallpaper apps, so they can be kind of a hotbed for, especially the ones that are user generated. Like, what, what's to stop somebody from just, you know, uploading something? You know. Well, this is the thing that I was, I was more concerned, not because, I mean, you know, tons of stuff's been pirated in the past. You know, I've had to deal with, you know, hard boiled book PDFs torrented around the place and in the end it's like plucking weeds you know you you just have to give up and just accept that at some point people are going to steal it and you know nice people are going to pay but i was more concerned really for the client because i didn't want them thinking well hang on a minute you know the, the unique stuff that we've paid for is you know knocking about as wallpaper on some ios app and i think that's kind of where i I don't know if draw the line is the right term, but or how I determine how much I will go after somebody um, is if if it's personal stuff, you know, somebody ripped off something that I did for my personal thing. um, You know, obviously I'll send an email, do what I can, but you know, stuff for clients, then it's like, then I got to really make sure that I at least cover my, end of things but it's hard especially when it's something that's overseas at least at least you had the with this you had you know apple to go through and kind of another party to kind of mediate even though they probably took forever you know but with this website that we were talking about man that's just it's like you almost just have to brush your hands and just like well that's just how you know i don't know yeah it's it's a tricky one and 
I know that the wallpaper guy um, took our stuff from Dribble. Yeah. And we've been thinking that that was about the only piece really that we've put onto Dribble that it was a big, bold background image from, you know, from this client website. And it yeah, was really. I remember seeing it. I, I like that image. Mm, it's great. Sue did a wonderful yeah. job with the illustrations. Oh, yeah. It's like um, blue with kind of a. That's the one. Rocket ship. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It's a whole rocket ship motif. Yeah. Um, whereas all the other stuff that's on Dribble is a lot smaller and it's logos and colors and swatches and things like that. Yeah. So I think if we put up anything big again, um, we might have to put some form of, I don't know, a little copyright notice in the corner. I don't know, or a little byline or something. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about this this week on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's something I've always kind of thought about. I mean, there's kind of two approaches. You could either do that where you kind of put it off in the corner. Um, and then there's the cot, there's the, uh, watermark where you just put it over the entire image. Um, I hate that though. Oh yeah. I, oh, I hate it too. Uh, but I can understand the, why people do it, you know, cause I mean, the thing in the corner, yeah, it, it might cause somebody to think twice who doesn't know, you know, oh, I, I guess I can't use this. But if somebody knows and they're just going to rip it off anyways, they'll just crop that part out. Whereas, putting a copyright over the entire image, it's, it's harder to do. It takes more work, like in Photoshop, depending on the image to kind of, you know, get that watermark off. But on the flip side, it's like how, you know, how ugly is that? That ugliness is going to detract from the presentation of it. And there's that cost benefit thing. Like, is that worth it? You know, is it worth putting a ugly cop or copyright, watermark all over it you know i don't know the consensus i get is no it's not worth it i mean photo libraries do it all the time don't they stock libraries yeah they'll put things over um you know comping images sort of lower resolution um proofing images yeah and you almost wonder if that's i mean that's their business that's their well this is our business but that's i don't know it's a little different game i guess yeah, I mean, sometimes I've thought about whether or not we can do a little CSS trick maybe, but I think it'll only work on background images. So, you know, if yeah. you imagine that you've got you, the the shape of the container, you know, the box where you're going to put the background image on in CSS, but right. you make the background image, I don't know, quite a bit bigger along one side and you slip a whacking great don't steal me notice on there. Um, that's not going to be visible in the browser because, you know, obviously, you know, you're kind of clipping that box to the right shape. But if somebody was to download the image or look at it in the web inspector, they can't ignore the fact that it's got something slapped down the side. And of course, that's not going to stop them cutting it off, is it? Right. So you got, yeah, I mean, you got two people, two types of people who steal it. One, the people just don't know and that will, that will stop them, you know, or make them think twice. And then there's the people who just don't care. Um, I think the only thing that I would think of in future is um, doing something with background images. Yeah, I'm conscious of the apes. Yeah. Um, and because they're CSS background images, we could quite easily hide, um, you know, a nice kind of copyright strip down the right-hand side. Because also, you know, we, we, we do retina images and they're big. You know, they're, they're, where, they're easily big enough for somebody to, you know, print something out from them. Yeah, where it would lack, you know, you can make a card out of it and have it, you know, an ape's card and it'll look good. 
I think we're going to put ideas. No, no, none of our yeah. listeners are going to start stealing those. No. Who, who the hell would want them anyway? We're the, no. We're the only ones that can get away with that kind of thing. I mean, it used, yeah, it used to be like things were so small that you wouldn't have to worry about people printing things out where it would actually look good. But now that's a problem. Mm, I mean, retina images can be big. I've had to really battle with our portfolio images because you start thinking, wow, that, that new portfolio page weighs, you know, three or four megabytes. It's just <laughs> stupid, you know. I always think about what it would cost if I'm data roaming to look at it when I go to the States. Because <laughs> it works out, if I'm data roaming, it works out at like six pound per megabyte. Oh, so man. I'm thinking, whoa, that's like 25 quid to visit <laughs> one page. One page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be really cool. Yeah, no, I don't do that. So let's do another sponsor. Sure. We talk about CMSs a lot. But there are some times when you need to host static websites. And what you might want to do is you might want to uh, make a site for a special occasion, like a wedding or maybe a road trip. I've done that a couple of times. Road trips, not weddings. Um, <laughs> you might want to, you might need a, a static holding page for a new startup or an app that you're building. And then for me, I, because I design in code so often, I often make a static version of a site that I'm working on um, in the form of linked up static templates so that my client can get a sense of what they're going to be like for a customer to, to click around the site. Well, Forge is a new way to host static websites. It's static hosting made simple. Now, Forge isn't everything for everybody hosting service. They don't provide email accounts or databases or anything like that. They just do one thing and that's host static sites really well. Uploading to Forge couldn't be simpler. You don't even need FTP. You just log into Forge in a web browser, drag a zip file that contains your site into the window and well, that's it. Your site will then be set up on a forge.io domain. And of course you can use custom domains with Forge too. Forge gives you version-based history so you can roll back to any previous version of your site. And most important of all, especially today when we're all concerned about performance, Forge is fast. Forge uses Turbo.js, which I think is good. I don't know. And that <laughs> means that all of your markup and your assets, they're processed to eliminate page loads, and that speeds everything up. All your assets are loaded from their content delivery system, so your content's delivered as quickly as possible. So there's a free account, that's one site and up to five gigabytes of bandwidth per month. But Forge is really reasonably priced if you need more than that. Basic plan includes five sites at 10 US dollars per month. And the pro plan includes up to 20 sites and 40 gigabytes of bandwidth per month. And that's only $20. So if you use the offer code unfinished, you'll get a whopping 50% off for the first two months. So what are you waiting for? Go to unfinished dot bz slash forge and get forge wow another good deal 50 percent. that is i work hard for our listeners to get these deals well that's cool <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really hard obviously but a bit i send an email yeah <laughs> how hard can it be well these days i mean uh, emails are hard you gotta write more than 140 characters Oh, I got an email today. Oh. No, I mean, <laughs> not, well, actually this one, it was a, an over 50s health insurance email. Oh no. Oh no, please God. I mean, look, okay, I'm going to like lay it out here for, for any advertisers. Look, the people that 
you show in ads for over 50s, they look about 65. Yeah. <laughs> They're just too old. Over 50s, I mean, it's putting me off. Yeah, like, that's not me. No, I know. I mean, I'll be 50 in three years, right? And uh-huh. I don't suppose even then I'm going to be sitting there bouncing a grandchild on my knee with, you know, <laughs> Mr. Grey hair. Yeah. Although the beard's coming on nicely. But, yeah, or taking f- couples ballroom dancing <laughs> holiday breaks, right? <laughs> That's what they show in these over 50s ads. It's like, ah, oh, let's go ballroom dancing because, you know, you're yeah. in the twilight of your life. No! <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's what they should show people who look like they're in their 30s. Yeah, and the, the music that they always play, when you see the ads on TV for, you know, for these over 50s insurance plans, they're always playing something from, you know, rock and roll from the 50s. <laughs> anybody that's 50s now is listening to punk yeah you know not eddie cochran <laughs> bill haley doesn't happen yeah. we were huh. listening to the buzzcocks and the ramones jesus anyway not that i'm bitter about my age or anything no <laughs> <laughs> no i got an email about a job that i've been tweeting about as well did yeah you, well did you see this yes i did <laughs> God, <laughs> Yeah, so I got this email in the week. Hi, and I'm going to read this out exactly as it's written. But okay. <laughs> which could take a while because there's no punctuation. And there's oh, no, no there's no punctuation and there's no capital letters anywhere. No capital letters. No. Oh. All lowercase, all no punctuation. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. Hi, I'm recently starting my own business up in 3D printing, and I'm looking at your website thinking, I need me some of that, ha-ha. Could you guys help me out? And if so, what's the costs? I'm looking for something similar to yours, but maybe some cool 3D effects or something along them lines. Thanks. <laughs> Did they use the word la- them? Along them lines. Along them lines. I know. So, <laughs> ha ha. Now, I know that a lot of people would just have gone delete, but, I probably would have. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, never look, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Plus the fact that it's polite. You know, the guy's taking some time to, to write in. So, you know, the least I can do is to, you know, treat that inquiry with, with, you know, a small amount of respect. Yeah. So I wrote back to him and I said, you know, hey, so-and-so, thanks for writing and for thinking about us. Our project started around £5,000 plus VAT. If that falls within your budget, I'd love to arrange a phone or a Skype call to hear more about what you have planned. And I use that line all the time, listeners, that, you, you know, get an email from me is going to say that. Because that's, even if they haven't asked about price or, you know, it's like a first inquiry, like, oh, I'm thinking of setting up a shop to sell, you know, pork pies. I'll get that. Out. I'll get the cost thing out of the way, just so you know neither of us waste any time. Yeah, it's a filtering thing that we talked yeah. about last time. Yeah, it's a filtering yeah. thing, right? So I thought, I'll, yeah, I'll reply to the guy, um, and I'll be respectful and polite because you know, possibly there's there's something there. You know, I've, as we said last time, you know, I've, I've kind of like thought that things were just gags, and they turned out to be good projects. <laughs> anyway, so I get an email back, um, literally within an hour or so. Um, again, there is some punctuation here. There are some exclamation points here. Oh, that's good. Well, they really mean it. It's an improvement, right? Um, <laughs> and, and actually one capital letter. And he says, £5,000 for a website. I could learn how to do it within a week and save myself the money. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. No offense, but that's shocking. <laughs> did, they, did they do any research before contacting you? I mean, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. So again, I thought, do I, um, do I just delete? Cause that's rude. You know, the guy's going to, oh, like, you know, I sent him an inquiry, never got back to me. I never want somebody to say he never got back to me. Yeah. Right. So I wrote back <laughs> and said, <laughs> my voice was cracked there <laughs> and said, how much do you think, how much were you thinking? You know, uh, honestly, you know, just tell me what, what did you think it was going to cost? And he wrote back and said, I would realistically pay around £1,500 for a website like yours. With the way <laughs> websites are coming along leaps and bounds, it seems like they're all the same, but with a few more cool links and pictures, LOL. What does that mean? Well, I think that he just thinks that, you know, all websites look the same and ours just happen to have, you know, cooler pictures. I don't know. <laughs> That's how I read it. Yeah. So I did the thing that I suppose people just wouldn't expect to do, which is I wrote back to him again. Um, and I explained to him exactly how much I'd spent with you on the apes and how many weeks we'd spent on the actual design and at, you know, our cheapest rate, cause that was one that we charge ourselves. Um, yeah. you know, that two weeks would have cost X amount and, um, you know, we'd spent some money on, uh, some CMS moves and stuff like that. So I just laid it all out to him and he came, he came back to me in the end and said, uh, thanks for the rundown. You're obviously doing really well. Um, you know, but I can't afford you. Um, maybe I need to earn some more and then I won't be uh, on a baked bean budget. That's good. Which I thought, okay, so yeah. now, now there's one person in the world who is going to realize how much it costs to set up a, a website. Well, then the next person they contact, if not you, you know, they'll, they'll have a little better idea. I like that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, we were talking about this in the office the other day, Sue and I, we were saying, I don't think that people really appreciate what goes on, what goes into doing what we do. And I'm not just talking about actually, you know, coding things up or, you know, working in Photoshop, but you know, and I'm not kind of just going, oh my God, my life's so hard because, you know, it takes us so long to build websites. Cause actually, you know, we, we could be working down a coal mine, you know, we could be breaking rocks. Yeah. It's like, you know, there'd be a hell of a lot harder. So it's not kind of all woe is me, but I don't know. I, I, I tweeted that I genuinely think that people believe that making websites is just about using software. You know, so like, oh, yeah. there must be, there must be a package that you can use, you know, like a, some, you know, WYSIWYG thing that you know, that's what they use to build websites, you know, like PowerPoint, you know? Right, right. It's just, yeah, I mean, when you only see the finished things of a product or website or whatever, yeah, it's easy to kind of think that. I mean, I don't, um, I don't want to get, I don't get snarky over it because I think, well, I don't know how much architects cost because, you know, I haven't used one in 30 years. You know, I don't, right. I don't know how much it costs to, you know, respray my car. If I needed my car respring. Right. Yeah. Actually, I don't know how much a loaf of bread costs. That's shameful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, when, when I get inquiries, I don't, I try not to get, I mean, I used to get kind of snarky in my head or whatever, like, Oh, I can't believe they would, but I, I try to take it from their point of view. Like, you know, most people have never hired an illustrator and have no idea, you know, what to expect. And so, you know, quite honestly, a lot of times I will, send out quotes or rough estimates and either I don't receive a response or, or it's the same type of response that you got. Yeah. But I try not to come to the point where I don't really 
get snarky in my head, at least, you know, like, well, that's just, you know, people don't hire illustrators like they buy bread, you know? So it's, you know, and they don't really think of it and they probably, it's probably the same with websites as well, um, or any, you know, thing they're working on. They don't think of it as like a process or a, um, a relationship that you're working with somebody. They just think of it as like buying bread. You give somebody money, they hand you a loaf of bread, you know, that you give me money. I hand you an illustration, a finished illustration. That's it. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. I just don't think that, I mean, in the past, and I, I mean, I, I have a tendency to do this, you know, I'll, I'll tend to get a beam up on it if I get a, an email like that. <laughs> um, you know, I remember Anna and I talking about whatever it was, stupid inquiry of the week or something. And it's, you know, <laughs> I, I look back on that and I think, yeah, do you know what? We shouldn't have done that. You know, we shouldn't have done that episode. Um, yeah. because actually people don't know about a lot of things and not just about the price, but about licensing or, um, you know, who owns the final thing or, you know, generally what's expected. You know, they, they, right, people, people yeah. don't know this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we shouldn't be all kind of high and mighty and, you know, looking down our noses because, you know, we'd be in exactly the same situation if we were going to go and buy, I don't know, kitchen. Yeah. Well, I think the same thing can be said, like, you know, there's a website that's been going around for a couple of years now, maybe Clients from Hell, I think it is. Yeah. It's always kind of, it's always run me wrong. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't think it has the right attitude. Yeah, sure. They're entertaining. They give me a chuckle when I read them, but you know, it's, you know, they hire you because they don't know, you know, I, I, I go to my mechanic cause I have no clue about cars. You know, if the car doesn't start, I'll open up the hood and if there's a Look for a big giant on off switch. And if there isn't one, then I'll call the mechanic and that's it. I mean, that's, you know, I, and if a mechanic came to me all snarky, like, Oh, I can't believe you don't know. I probably wouldn't use them anymore. Well, there's loads of things that I could do that I would choose not to do. You know, I've got a couple of framed prints that are sort of like behind me and in the office, uh-huh. um, which I really need to get on the wall at some point. And all it takes is, you know, drilling a hole and putting a raw plug in the wall and, you know, putting a screw in there <laughs> to hang these prints. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, they've been there for months. You know, I'll probably wait until Neil comes around because, you know, I choose not to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case I hit an electric cable or a gas pipe or something. You know, yeah, actually, it's not because, you know, I might not be stupid or inexperienced. I might just choose not to want to do something, you know? Right. Yeah, I suppose there's those people, too, just don't have time to, Mm. you know. And as long as they, as long as people are aware that um, if they want you to do more, if you are taking more care, if you are, you know, basically managing a process for them, that, you know, there is obviously a cost implication to that. Um. I think the frustrating thing is sometimes when people expect something for little, but then want a lot doing, I think that's where yeah. people get snarky. But, you know, I, I, I just think about it. It's like this guy that wrote to me this week, I hope that he looks back on those emails at some point and thinks that, you know, he didn't get ignored. Um, and he didn't get a bad experience. You know, he well, did. Right. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that was a good response. You know, he didn't get an email back from me saying, you know, well, I'm really sorry, but don't you know how much these things cost? Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that, you know, hopefully he's going to, you know, as I say, go away with a, a good experience. And 
that's what we should be doing all the time. Kind of like we, I mean, we talked about branding a while back. Kind of, it's, it's a part of that. I forget what we talk about. I've got brain like a, <laughs> we talk, brain like a we talk, Yeah, we talked about branding and that kind of just like the experience part of it. Yeah, and I think that's definitely comes across as, you know, that's part of it. It's just how you communicate with people. Well, we've got a sponsor lined up. Um, I'm going to talk about them, um, I think, next week or the week after. I can't remember now. And actually, I saw a tweet from these guys saying, oh, I really enjoy getting emails from, you know, from, from SNN. Yeah. Um, just because of the way that, and it wasn't, it wasn't one of mine either. It was one, one of Sue's. I mean, she was just talking about being ditzy and forgetting something. Um, <laughs> and you know, I don't know what, what the hell she was kind of prefixing the business part of the email with, but you know, it just makes you sound personal, you know, right. it just doesn't, you yeah. don't just sound like an office worker. <laughs> yeah. But I think this, the whole perception thing is interesting. Um, I don't know whether you picked up on it and I'm not going to go into a, a big kind of conversation about it today because A, we haven't got time. And, and also I'm going to talk about it next week with, um, with Elliot Kemba. Um, but did you pick up on the whole, um, Lottie Dexter thing over the last couple of days? Have you seen this? No, I've seen you tweet about it, but I don't really know. Yeah, there's a government initiative over here to get kids to code from a young age. Mm-hmm. I think by September they want to have every kid in school um, above the age of five basically learning how to code, in inverted commas. Um, and the person that's heading this particular project, a uh, lady called Lottie Dexter, who I really actually do want to get on the show, if she'll agree yeah. to come on the show, um, well, I'll kick somebody else off for the week. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. Um, but she you was on me off. <laughs> you can that I, I would listen to that because that's actually something I've that sounds interesting. No, it's it's really interesting. And the actual yeah. cause itself, um, obviously, you know, we have um Code Club and um I think that's the major initiative for getting kids to code. And you know, I'm passionate about education. Oh god, I said the P word. <laughs> you don't like that word? No, I hate it when people say passionate about I'm passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I did it. I was, no, I've just, oh, I'm going to have to put a penny in the jar <laughs> in the swear pot. No, she was on, it's a fabulous initiative and, you know, hopefully they'll do well with it. But um, this particular lady, Lottie, who's in charge of this project, she went on, went on a new show. She was being uh-huh. interviewed by um, this kind of news anchor um, about the project. And, well, anyway, I'm not going to go read the, go read the transcript of what she said on the okay. website. It was, and we'll talk about it next week. It was, it was, I was going to write a commentary. I was going to, I actually had a whole kind of snarky commentary written sort of, you know, interjecting with some of the things that, that she said. Um, and just before I hit publish, I thought, you know what? No, you don't want to, you don't want to come across all negative. So I cut all those things out. And I just published the transcript, you know, as it is, because it's the funniest. It's it's the funniest thing, as just on its own. Okay, I'll have to re- read that. Yeah, it is funny. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> but one of the things that she was saying in the um, in this interview was that teachers in in schools could learn to teach their kids to code in a day. That's the only. That's all the teacher training they would need is one day. Uh-huh. And that she said, and you can make a website in an hour. So I'm thinking, okay, here's this, here's this lady in charge of a, of a large, um, government campaign, you know, and a good campaign to get children learning how to write code. 
saying that you can make a website in an hour. I'm thinking, well, it's no wonder. The guy yeah. says to me, £5,000 for a website, well, you must be crazy. Yeah. I, and I can learn it in a week, exactly. Well, if he can learn in a week, why doesn't he just become a web designer? Because what else is he going to be doing in that week? You know, he's not going to be doing anything else. Well, this is, this is the thing. And this is, this is why I'd really like to have a conversation with, you know, somebody like Lottie. And I'm sure that Elliot and I will have a lot more to say well, about you it can next make week. A quote website in a week or in a day. I mean, whether it's a good or effective website. Is. Well, you could make a website in an hour if you use something like Squarespace, I imagine, which I don't. Yeah. You know, you want to set up a Tumblr blog or use a, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to install WordPress. I've never done it. Yeah, you can do it in five minutes. You can have a website up in five minutes with WordPress, but that, that's not what you're about. Well, that's, and that's, not what, uh, that's not what she was talking about. And actually, I, yeah. I, I don't know whether she... So she can't, you can't make, in a day, you cannot make a website that speaks to your audience and fulfills the objectives that you set out to be. That's where the... That's the rub right there, right? Yeah, that's where the disconnect is. And I think yeah. that, again, um, I would hope that they're not going to be focusing on actually just, you know, tools and the mechanics of, you know, in this case, making a website. Because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, right. as we know, there's a hell of a lot more um, in all kinds of different areas that that goes into it. So be be interesting. Be interesting to uh, – yeah. se I've sent her a tweet inviting her on the show. Um, so <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see whether that comes off, which I'm not going to hold my breath, to be honest. I'd love to listen to that, though, because that's I've, – I've read some articles about, you know, kids and coding, and it's almost like the new cursive, you know, where – you know, we, we, we learned cursive because it was a useful thing, but now with code, it's, it's, it's like the new language of the world. You know, I've told this story many, many times, but when Alex was at high school, um, and he was doing his IT class, um, one of the things they had to do was make a website. And um, uh -huh. Al was really excited by this point because, you know, he knew, he knew a lot about websites and we just made him one, you know, not too many weeks before. So he was all interested in this. So he sits down on the first day and the uh, first day and the teacher says, so what you need to do is you need to go start programs, Microsoft front page. <laughs> so Alex is like kind of, oh, okay, here we go. So the teacher says, so now you need to go file insert table. So at this point, Alex is putting his hand up because he's heard me rant many times, right? So he puts his hand up and says, you know, why are we making this website in tables? And the guy says, well, you know, that's how web all websites are made. They've got this kind of invisible grid and you put your content in there. And oh, no. uh, <laughs> Alex said, no, 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 that, that's not true anymore. Um, you know, I've got a website. My dad helped me make it. Um, it uses, you know, HTML and CSS. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Alex... Obviously, you know, he, he can, he can code, you know, he, he knows HTML, he knows CSS, he knows expression yeah. engine and, you know, he's, he's very, he's quite good on the old web development stuff. Yeah. Um, and he failed the course because he wasn't doing. Cause he didn't do HTML the, or the tables. Yeah. He wasn't doing it their way. Um, and that would be my fear. When was this? Oh God, years ago now. How old is he now? Uh, six, six years ago, something like that. But probably... So yeah, CSS was really mainstream even six years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So basically, seven years ago, it was about 2004, five would be when it was. Yeah. Something like well, that. I think I, I took a, 
web de- my first web design class was in 2004, 2005, and we were tables based and Dreamweaver. <laughs> it was a very little CSS. I just hope that this initiative um, isn't going to do the same thing because obviously, you know, right, stuff happens yeah. all the time. You know, new things come on board. Um, you know, people's ideas about best practice changes all the time. Um, and I just hope that, you know, it's, it's not going to be one of these things where they're just going to lock people down. I can imagine you know, if the curriculum doesn't change for Lord knows how many years that, you know, people will be taught something which, you know, with the best will in the world, it's not going to make any sense. But anyway, yeah, we'll talk about this next week. Yeah. And I'm going to have to try and stop Elliot from singing Purple Rain again, which <laughs> I had that song stuck in my head for like the last three weeks. It was all him. None of it but, was me, but not. No, yeah, right. But not the um, actual version. I, I I had your guys' version stuck in my head. Like, your voice and his voice stuck in my head for two weeks. Well, that's how it should be. That's yeah. how it should be. In fact, I don't know if I even know how the original song goes. Do you want me to sing it now? No. No, I didn't no, think I so. No, I know how you see it. <laughs> Ours was really close to the original. Purple but rain. But also, it is on Spotify. I'll have to give that a listen. tell Prince that. Right, we should wrap it up. Okay. So before we go, um, I just want to mention quickly uh, a new conference that's happening up north in England, um, in York, beautiful York. You haven't been to the UK, have you? No. Uh, if you get, get over I here at some go. point. I, I, got, I have to get over You here. really should. And, you know, don't do what like a lot of people do is they go to London and then, you know, to get out of London, they go to Brighton. <laughs> you know, get get up north and see some of the, the beautiful old northern cities. And York is just unbelievable. It's such a beautiful place. So this conference is happening in York on May 1st, uh, and it's called Dot York. And it's a one-day single track conference that's for creative folk as we say up north (laughs) so this isn't a conference where you'll learn about technologies like SaaS or front-end development tools instead the speakers are going to be sharing their own personal and professional experiences and they'll inspire you to take your own leap into the unknown so what's great about dot york is that four out of the six speakers have been guests here on a finished business that's why i'm talking about it now so there's regular guest Laura Kalbag, who's going to be on week after next. Uh, James Young, who's the creative director at Off-Road Code. Um, Ashley Baxter, she's going to be on soon. She's uh, a director at uh, Brokers Direct, where she builds uh, web apps for property owners. And then there's Harry Roberts, who actually I don't think we've got lined up again for a while. Let's get Harry back on the show. Yeah, you do. He's a consultant, front-end architect, designer, and writer. And then there's two others, Craig Lockwood and uh, Rachel Shawcock. They're good friends of the show. So everybody that's speaking has Excellent. some connection with Unfinished Business, which is brilliant. So early bird tickets are just £50, and when they're gone, they're gone. Uh, regular tickets are just £75, which you know, really isn't a lot. And uh, tickets are on sale now. So you can get yours by going to unfinished.bz slash dot york that's d-o-t-y-o-r-k dot york right we really need to go now <laughs> yeah. i need to eat more licorice so people can follow you josh you're uh at josh cleland yep on twitter or joshcleland.com i like the way you slipped that in that was a good plug that was <laughs> <laughs> if you need to check out you. check out the manatees 
So people can follow me at Malarkey to ask questions or suggest topics. You can message the show on Twitter at unfinishedbz, or you can email me. He has at unfinished.bz. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. They were Gather Content, Forge, and the Dot York Conference. You can support the show by supporting them.